Hi, this is Tammy with Sideline Legends in their own words. This is a special podcast dedicated to the people of Kansas City. On Wednesday, February 14th, one million people showed up to celebrate the new world champions, Kansas City Chiefs. A day of celebration, pride, and joy to their fans. Thousands of them were small children who had come to see their heroes. And in a moment, everything changed. Two juveniles opened fire on the crowd, killing one and injuring 22. Their ages ranged from 8 to 47, and at least half were under the age of 16. It affected me in a way that I really couldn't put into words, and I know that it changed the lives of all the people who were there. I reached out to a friend of mine who's a former Kansas City Chiefs cheerleader, and I said, I'm not okay. This, I, I don't understand. I really don't understand. Would you like to talk about it? And he is just this wonderful, wonderful friend who we've never, we've never met in person. We're Facebook friends only. And he agreed to come on to this podcast and talk to me. Now, this is not how I plan any of my Sideline Legends podcasts to go. But I felt that it was important to talk on this subject and not pretend that it didn't happen because it did. So many lives were changed, mine included. I posted a couple of things in our private Facebook groups for the other cheerleaders in my world. And I think we all felt something that day It affected our world. It's affecting all of our worlds. And it has to be talked about. We need to change. This world needs to change. So, let's see what Vince had to say. I want to introduce you to my friend Vince, a Kansas City Chiefs cheerleader. When did you cheer? 1987 to 1989. Nice. You're a baby. (laughs) (laughs) But the reason I reached out to Vince this week and wanted to do this little segment is I didn't feel that we could do the podcast without touching what happened at the Kansas City World Champion Rally. As somebody who's been on the NFL sidelines, as we both have, we have a different perspective of the camaraderie, the family, the love, and the love of the fans of, you know, why they came that day, why a million people were there that day. It is all for joy and love. And when I first got the news that it was happening. Uh, I knew a friend of mine and her 11-year-old son were actually there. 
And of course, my first thought was panic because she had posted how close she was to the stage. And it wasn't until I found, you know, she said, we're fine, we're safe, that I could take a breath. And then my next call was to Vince, especially since it's his team and his home. And I think your first words to me were, it's too hard to talk about. In the moment, it really was. It was it was devastating, and you had to try to figure out um, how you were going to process, how I was going to process, and then not be upset with other people who process it differently. Correct. Because there's so much. There was so much going on that, I mean, some people just like heard it and said, "Oh, I wasn't there." But then those that of us that had friends there and were were reaching out in fear. And so I think it, it took a moment for everyone to kind of figure out how they were going to process the moment. Well, and when it, the news first broke, um, you didn't know anything. Um, and then the the casualties started climbing. You know, at first it was like nine. And then it was like 15. And then did it end up 22 eventually? 22. Yes. And plus the one fatality, which I, I, I just can't comprehend. Um, I stuck to the television. I'm sure you did too, watching and watching the fans. And what's going on in our country right now with these mass shootings is, I don't know. I don't know what to say. We're afraid to go anywhere. We're afraid to go to concerts. We're afraid to go to the grocery store. We're afraid to go anywhere. And I just don't understand where we're going to go from here. I know that the majority of our country is not like this. I guess I don't understand why a few are doing this. What What are your thoughts? I I really feel that, I mean... Times have changed. I mean, we're living in a different society. We have to, we have to figure out our our students. A lot of them, our young people, are are in some cases raising themselves because parents are working two and three jobs to make ends meet. Um, sometimes the streets are raising our young people um, instead of you know parents being you better be home and this and that and like I was raised. Um, we they don't have that and sometimes it's the streets that are raising them and sadly um for some young people it's it's those adults from the street that are convincing them to do things because they're juveniles they they won't get as harsh a, of a a punishment maybe and so they're they're providing them with guns and and anger and 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 stirring the pot to increase the um, the fear, and a lot of our young people feel like that's their support system. If I didn't have them, I wouldn't be protected. Um, and so we we end up with things like this that happen. Where um, I don't know that they they still know, but the last thing I heard was that none of those people, none of the twenty two that were that were injured or the the lady that was killed were 
a part of any kind of disagreement or argument. They just happen to be there celebrating. Well, and that's what I heard is that supposedly the two that have been apprehended have said, oh, we were just in an argument that ended in gunfire. Um, now, prior to that, before anything had come out, they had the um, uh, uh, the the guys on the news were talking about, and they said, one guy said, you know what's going to happen is these kids are going to say, oh, we're not terrorists. We didn't come to do this. We were in an argument. And it was so amazing that that's exactly what came out. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't take a gun to a celebration just in case I I, I get in an argument. And I, I, I'm sorry, I don't believe I believe they went there with an intent. That is, I, it's going to be hard there, to convince me they didn't. One, one of the saddest things that I've learned through my job and working with young people in that are in detention facilities and, and experiencing behavior disorders is that sadly, at least in my state, in Missouri, it is not illegal for them to carry a gun. And we have people that carry guns, conceal and carry all over the place. They're, they're, right. they're probably not the only two that were there with a gun. Right. 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 Well, real quick, so that we understand where you're coming from, because Vince has an amazing and, and you're all going to hear Vince and see Vince actually on our real cheerleader alumni interview. But um what is it you do for a living that gives you insight to so many of these young people? I have been um, working in, in education for 32 years. Um, started as a teacher of special ed and worked with students with behavior disorders. And then I became an administrator over some alternative education programs in my district um, that dealt with behaviors. I spent... Um, a lot of year, 13, 13 years in um, doing admin for alternative education. And then um, most recently, I am working as the director of student support for my entire district. And so we're reaching out to those students that are where it, when we have students that have mental health issues or behavioral disorders or home isn't isn't what it should be. And those behaviors affect their um, academic performance. We work with them. We do intervention. We provide services um, to try to let those students know that they are supported when they are with us in our building for seven-ish hours a day. And that they do have, um, there are other ways to deal with anger, frustration, um, and those things. Because right now, a lot of our, our young people are of the mindset that when I disagree with you, that means that I can't like you and I, I want to hurt you. And it's no longer a fist fight and then it's over and, you know, 20 minutes later, we're friends again. It's they're, they're bringing guns and knives and you can't bring back dead. No. So. 
even if it is a mistake or you you brought that because you felt you needed to protect yourself, once you've pulled that trigger and a person is dead, you can't bring them back. And that's what we try to teach the kids all the time is when you when you resort to that gun or that knife or something else that that can cause death, um, you can't bring people back from that. Nor can you come back. Correct. That is, I I don't know how you do that uh, daily. I, I I I'd be a mess. I'd be like crying. I all I the have time. found. I have found that for me, um, I I have to look at all of my young people as just that young people that have made a choice and a bad choice that has gotten them in trouble. Um, and I have to move forward from there. I can't really focus on what they did and I can't really focus, uh, on the intent of what they did <clears throat> because my job is to educate them. Right. And so I really have to kind of say that these are young people and I, I want to do my job and educate them. I want to support them. So I, I've, I have learned to just kind of look at them as young people. I try to not uh, classify any of my young people by their behavior because so many times our kids get labeled and identified as, oh, that's the bad kid or, oh, that's the kid that did this or that kid throws temper tantrums or that kid cusses a lot or whatever. And I try to focus on these are young people. And I have I have found that once I develop a relationship with, with young people, they are more willing to listen to me even when I have to get on them. So I love that. Oh, well, that is amazing. And is that, I mean, is there hope that, I'm hoping if someone is out there listening, they're struggling with their young person, child, um, that they know there are programs out there everywhere. I mean, y'all are doing a great job there, but I know that it's it's everywhere. If if the parent could possibly take the time to reach out and find a program and find a wonderful Vince. <laughs> there, there's people out there everywhere. You just have to be willing to open up. And, and sometimes it's hard to admit that you yourself or your child have a problem. And we, we want to, in society, because there is so much stigma attached to mental health issues and behavior, it's hard to reach out. Yeah. Um, but we don't get better unless we reach out. And I think that, that that's a, a piece of this puzzle that we've got to get to um, our communities. Schools can only do so much. Educators can only do so much. Parents can only do so much. But if we come together as a community and we surround these young people and show them that there is support and there are better options. Yeah. Then I, I do feel like, and, and maybe it's a pie in the sky, but maybe it's also the only way that 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 I see that we we come through this and get back to a a beloved society community where 
everyone is accepted and everyone is able to do as they need to do to do the best for themselves. Yeah, and you just need to let them know that uh, a lot of it's growing pains, a lot of that frustration and, oh, I'm getting bullied and, you know, the, um, they didn't invent bullying and <laughs> we went through it too. Now we didn't have social media. We didn't have a platform where we could brag about it and pick on somebody. And continue it, to do it afterwards. Can, yes. But, you know, we had it and we were very lucky because we did have parents at home that uh, showed us that, you know, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I, I think that is, um, you see the saying all the time now on posters and t-shirts and mugs and things. It's like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Everything is not fine. Um, I think it's, we need to be able to say, uh, I'm really struggling here. It's not a weakness. It's a strength to be able to recognize and reach out and say, I need help. Um, I know me personally, I had to do that. Um, I struggled a, a lot of years with depression and couldn't figure out why. And, oh, oh, there's chemical in your brain you don't, you don't make. Oh, wow. Here we go. Um, and it, if we can just all show more patience and love. Two, two of my, in, in recent years, two of my most favorite, like, sweatshirt t-shirt sayings have been um a, a few years back there there was a guy that he was at parades and stuff all the time and he just had this shirt that said free hugs yeah and and <laughs> i don't think we understand the power of a hug oh and and that 100%. that contact and and i i i work with with middle school and high school boys that no one wants. And I hug them all the time. And if Aww. I forget, they tell me, you didn't give me my hug this morning. <gasps> and these are the boys that no one wants. They just have never had that until they got to me. And so I greet them in the morning. I say, good morning. How do you want to be addressed? Do you want an elbow bump? You want a fist bump? You want a hug? Most of them will get to the point that they want the hug. Aww. So that free hugs t-shirt I've always wanted to find one, haven't done it yet. The The other one is uh, right now a big uh, sweatshirt that I see on Facebook a lot is the one that says to the person behind me, yes. you are enough. Yes. I and love I think that, that is such a powerful statement yes. to anyone around you. You are enough. You don't have to be like or measure up to anyone. Yes. You are enough. I love that one. I did see that one last summer on the back of somebody. And you just, you know, you stand in line at the grocery store and you just read it and you're like, oh, well, you know, it's <laughs> <laughs> just, oh, I got to remind mm -hmm. myself. We have to remind ourselves. And I just, I think that your message is so strong. And uh, I didn't plan to have someone who is so educated in this. Um, it just the universe put us together years ago, and y'all, y'all will hear that story uh, <laughs> in, a, in a month or so. But thank you, Vince, for for getting back to me when um, 
I think it was, gosh, the day after that I was like, Vince, yep. I'm not okay. Are you okay? I'm not okay. And so we've kind of just been talking and we want to let everyone out there know that uh, we hear you. And in Kansas City and to everyone who is trying to recover and process this tragedy, that this isn't our world. I know a lot of people have said that. This isn't Kansas City. This isn't Kansas City. No, it's not. It's um, it's something that we all need to work a little bit harder to get past. And we can get past it. We've got tons of hugs, free hugs and love. Yes, and I just want to thank you so much for coming on today. And is there anything else you want to let everybody know about? Well, I just think it's important that that we realize that that for those folks, even if if you you were in Kansas City and not injured or not at the same area that the the shots, if you didn't have to run, if you didn't have to hide. That doesn't mean that this tragedy doesn't affect you. You were there. You may have walked past someone who was there. You may have walked past the two young people that committed this crime. So somewhere in there, you may need to reach out and talk to it. You may need to shed some tears for what has happened because that's how we start to heal is when we acknowledge that it did affect us. And I feel like so many of our young people go through trauma. Well, so many of us as people, I'll say, go through trauma and we're we're resilient and we're, we, we're strong enough to get through it, but it doesn't leave us. So as you said, don't be afraid or, or fearful or ashamed to say, hey, I need help. I need to talk to someone. I need I need to reach out, even if it's reaching out to a friend and and not, you know, a therapist, a doctor or something like that, reaching out to a friend and saying, hey, I just need to talk that that was for me when you reached out, that gave me the opening to talk about it from a standpoint of of a of a chief's fan, of a person, of a person that lives in Missouri. Um all of those things, I, I was able to 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 talk about it from from a whole from a holistic pro, uh, perspective. Right, right. Well, you know, our brain is very complex, and sometimes if you don't talk about something, it's going to come at you at a time that you least expect it. And you know, I always say, if I have a nightmare, it can be wacky, it can be seen real, it can be, but at the moment, it's so intense. All I have to do is say to somebody, let me tell you about this nightmare that I had. And before I'm finished telling them that fear, that panic or whatever that dream did is gone. And um, I'm okay. <laughs> and that's what it is. It's talking about it, it's saying words out loud and saying, you know, oh my gosh, I was so scared or um, I don't understand. And and that's okay to do that. Yep. Well, thank you. Thank you again. I look forward to meeting you on a brighter, different note, <laughs> but this has been very important and I really appreciate yes. it. No problem. Thank you. Thank you, Vince. 
from the Kansas City Chiefs for helping me today and hopefully some of you. There's a lot of love in our world, especially with our football fans. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. And I hope if you need the help, you reach out and find it. For now, this is Tammy with Sideline Legends in their own words. Take care of each other.